0: Welcome to the very special Cox Cider edition of the unofficial unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show where we talk about all things not regular road season because it's the off season. Uh, that means we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, the recent Track World Cup in Glasgow and we'll also be talking about, you guessed it, the Cox Cider uh, cyclocross race which is upcoming and when I say upcoming I mean it's uh, happening in the next few minutes. So, uh my name is Dan and with me as always the expert of all things sandy and cycling is Sarah. Hi Sarah.
1: <laughs> Hello. How you doing? I'm alright. Um if people hear lots of clicking, it's because I'm frantically looking for the uh for the for the stream so that I can watch cock cider while Dan goes mutter mutter running, Mutter Mutter Running
0: <laughs> Well look, let me just say right from the start that running's really bad for you. It's bad for your joints, it's you know, Um, Bad for your heart, lots of people die from running, you shouldn't run. Running's, you know, it also makes you look desperate, don't run, just don't run.
1: And this comes from Dan who never does anything bad for him and is not at all at the moment surrounded by Belgian beer.
0: Well, not surrounded but that's mostly because I'm about halfway through my first six beers.
1: So yes, it's cyclic with oh god, Coxsider. cider. cider is such a good race, so so exciting. It's, it's,
0: super, it's super sandy ca- though. I mean, I looked at um, the preview recce photos from um, was it Katie fucking Compton, which great Twitter handle by the way. I mean effing, but still, um, and sand everywhere.
1: Yeah, did you see GS Girls' um, preview of the race on Podium Cafe where she puts a picture of the course of the course up?
0: I did, but it was very difficult to decipher because it was just a picture of sand.
1: <laughs> it, was, well, it was just sand. Cider takes place on a military base in Bel- on just on the Belgian coast, um, and it's—it's it's in the in normal times, it's um it's a military base, and they ride around. Um, they have a um asphalt. Uh, is that the right word? Tarmac uh, finishing straight. Um, long and straight but then they ride through the sand dunes and hilly bits and woods and it's very exciting I went to the Worlds there um, earlier in the year and it's a beautiful, brilliant, iconic race I mean if you think, um, it's pretty much the equivalent of Paris-Roubaix Yep. Of the this world because it's hard, it's difficult. You've got to be a really fucking good rider, and you know, running in the sand. But totally it, has,
0: f- it has no cobbles, so i uh, it's it's a difficult comparison. But I, I...
1: no, no. It, in, in terms of in terms of where it takes place, in the kind of spiritual slash difficult slash. You know, um, Rubai isn't just—it's not just the cobbles in, of, of, of Rubai. It's the—it's it's the, the trenches
0: it. and the the fans throwing stones as they ride past. Yes.
1: Yeah, 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 and the weather and stuff like that. Mm. But yeah, it's just—it's just. I mean, and riding in the sand so hard, but it does mean that they fall over a lot. And then when they fall over, they land on soft bits, and you can watch them crash, and you can watch them do really spectacular cartwheels, and it's great. And right now, the live streams are up and running.
0: Awesome. Uh, So I'll fire up the live feed and keep an eye on it. And if we do get highlights of the women's race, then we'll we'll jump straight into that. But in the meantime, Sarah, we had the Track World Cup in Glasgow uh, happen in the last week. Uh, What was the deal there?
1: Um, so track world cup basically there's um, a couple of world cup if if people don't know if you're not track if you're not track fans what happens I put my hand up
0: my hand is up at the moment yes
1: (laughs) what happens is they have track world a number of track world cups throughout the year and this year there are only three of them there was one in Cali in Colombia one in Glasgow and one in Mexico Um, and they are uh, little track meets you have to ride at least one of them in order to ride in the world in the world champs And your points in them uh, add up to you know add up uh, add up to 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 make your seeding for the world champs yeah
0: okay so they're actually pretty important events then if you want to take the world champs seriously obviously
1: yeah and I mean track's an interesting one because um, so if you're Belgian or Dutch then you probably ride the six days all year yeah but people from other nations don't do that Um, in Britain we have the Revolution series which is kind of a um, which is kind of like a one day six day if that makes any sense at all, and I think you might have the revolution series in Melbourne as well okay. but, but if you're a really, if you're a really top rider, you can actually get away with only riding um say four races a year, really yeah, so if you're Chris Hoyle or Vicky Pendleton, you'd ride. Um, but so they ride. They might ride the European right. Championships. But, but just so that
0: I'm clear, are you telling me that track is the lazy cyclists' version of the sport? <laughs> is that what you're you know, saying?
1: You know what? Because yes. you know no. they
0: only have to turn left and they only have to do four races a year. It, it sounds yeah. like it's the the beginners' yeah. version of cycling.
1: Well, this is why a lot of the endurance riders also ride road over the summer,
0: just to have something to do.
1: Yeah. No. So, so if you, I mean, it's different because if you're a Dutch, if you're a Dutch type of endurance cyclist, then you ride, you know, six days, which are ridiculous. You know, you're basically racing a lot of races every night for six days in a row and you might ride Amsterdam and Ghent and this and that and the other. And it makes you a very, um, very clever rider in in terms of tactical awareness. But the sprinters don't have things like that. So, yeah, so you might ride... So if you're Chris Hoy, you might ride Europeans. Um, you'd probably ride the Australian World Cups because the Brits like going down to Australia and the British World Cup, and then you'd ride the Worlds. Mm, just to remember what the sun's like, really, is the reason they come Yeah, down basically. Here, yeah. I mean, a lot of our... Yeah, it's a terrible excuse to just go and live in Australia and train down there in the off-season. And um, probably think-
0: seduce impressionable 18-year-olds, you know. <laughs>
1: I don't think they have time to do that dan uh,
0: we're talking about track cyclists they've got plenty of time to do that
1: <laughs> anyway and um you distract I, i've lost my train of thought um <laughs> yes
0: <laughs> distracted you with the thought of seducing 18 year olds <laughs>
1: it's just so wrong <laughs> Yeah, so you have your Track World Cup. Um, one of the things about track is how much the home advantage really, really lifts you. I mean, I've been to, I used to... We used to go to the Track World Cups when they had them in Manchester and it is such a fun event to go to in real life. The um, the, the audience is just really, really into it. The noise is fantastic. It's really... There's so much energy. It's, it's a lovely thing to do. Everyone should go to a track meet once in their life because they're just so much good fun. Um, this year traditionally the year after the olympics is a little bit quiet because a lot of the olympic cyclists take this year off so anna mears for example is not racing this is not racing this year because she's just had you know for she's just had a really intensive olympic thing and you also have the riders who retire just so easy what she's taking a whole year off yeah
0: track's just awesome i love track all of a sudden (laughs)
1: Well, you'd love it even more because there you are in the velodrome, and it's warm, and you can see everything. And you only and, have to turn left.
0: I mean, it's fuck,
1: and there's it's lots, great. And they have beer, and they have beer stands. So you go. Do get they your do? Beer.
0: Do they do beer hand ups? I would racetrack if they would give me beer as I rode. Are
1: you? Have you seen how steep the banking is?
0: Yes, I have.
1: But it's really steep. It's like. Mate, it's I'm like,
0: Australian. I can promise you, I I have been punched in the face and gone to the ground and not spilled my beer. <laughs> is,
1: this, is, this an, is, this an, is this like one of the things that Aussie kids learn when they're uh, when they're 13 years old in the same way as, you know... Exactly.
0: You, you know, in other cultures <laughs> you have to hunt a lion to prove you're a man. Well, you know, we do it differently down here, but it works.
1: <laughs> anyway, so there you are in track, but no, you can go to the bar and bring your beers back to your seat and um, eat pancakes, and it's great. And you can move around the track, so say, for example, you've got a really good seat, but you want to go up to the top of the banking, you can do that, and yeah, it's lovely. And then sometimes cyclists come of sit next to you or in front of you, as has happened to me. <laughs> yeah, well, of.
0: because they, they have no races to to be in, so...
1: No, but, I mean, it is quite intense. I'm I'm not being fair to them because, uh, so, in this meet, there was, so if you're a sprinter, you'll be racing the team sprints, the individual sprints, probably, uh, for the women, the 500-metre time trial, and also the Kieran, yeah? So four so races. Quite, yeah, so it's quite, well, no, not that's not four races, that's four events. And in those, you've got the um, uh, qualifying and the early heats and everything like that, Yeah. Okay, so
0: fair enough. What you're saying is they pack a lot of work into a very short amount of time.
1: Yeah, okay. exactly. All right, exactly. So it's very intensive, and it also means that one mistake can cost you. So there was a beautiful moment in the um, in one of the Trap World Cups where uh, this uh, it might have, it might have been where this guy um, Felix English, who's a young Irish guy. Um, Normally, when you're sprinting, you you sprint say, so say it's three laps of the track or whatever, yeah. And you start off with this very cat and mousey thing before you know where you're both trying to get the other person to take the slit to take the lead so that you can take so that you can use their, their slipstream and sling, uh, slingshot past them, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this young dude, Felix English, was in an early round draw against Chris Hoy, which Chris Hoy should have won by miles because it was like the first round or something. Except Felix English just blasted off from the start and caught Chris Hoy out and won <laughs> it's really, really funny that hard, you know, so there are things that can go wrong and once you get up to the later rounds it's, um, best, of, it's best of three in the sprints but in the earlier rounds it's just one race
2: ok so
1: so yeah, but then in the later, in, in like from the from you know from the semis, it's the it's, be, it's the best of th- best of three races. Yep. So yeah, so it's it's great. Anyway, so this track World Cup Glasgow is the first time the Glasgow velodrome's been used. It's a brand new velodrome built for the 2014 Commonwealth Games, yep. uh, the Chris Hoy Velodrome. So it's super fast, um, super technology, and and it's it's really interesting because Britain has only had. Like one proper, uh, two proper indoor velodromes, okay. um, and now we've got, now we've got three that are actually, com- and one of them is in competition standard. What, so got... when you
0: say proper, do you mean like world standard or Olympic standard? Like what's what's proper? Um, just
1: decent. Yeah, I mean because we got the one in South, we've got the one in Wales and in, in Newport, mm-hmm. which but they, but they never have meet, they never have meets there. Yeah, it's it's kind of used for training and local leagues and stuff like that. But now we've got Manchester. London and Glasgow, which are all capable of hosting track world cups
2: uh-huh,
1: uh-huh. and world championships. So you're making.
0: hoping you're hoping that you'll see more, obviously. Then,
1: yeah, and, and and it's nice because it just shows how much track has been really embraced in Britain. You mm. know, it's it really it's really exciting. And and
0: it, it really is the British discipline, isn't it? Um, it
1: Track. Yeah, well, it used to be the Aussie discipline, and then we stole well, all your coaches.
0: But no, I, I think it still is for probably for the broader audience. I, I mean, I think one of the the great appeals of track. I mean, all jokes and and my bitchiness aside, is that I I think it's actually probably one of the more accessible variations on cycling. Yeah, yeah,
1: you know, yeah, it, it is
0: much and much it's shorter. Yeah, it's it's shorter, so. For an audience who aren't committed fans, it's easier to understand um, the, the one-on-ones or the team versus team things are, are easier to get your head around. And, um, yeah. and of course, being in an, an enclosed environment means that um, it's also much easier to provide really good quality TV coverage,
2: yeah, uh, yeah, which, yeah. which is
0: actually really important. So, yeah. you know, in terms of, of introducing people to the excitement of cycling in all its wonderment and, and variations, it's absolutely a thing.
1: Yeah. yeah, and it's very short, and the races are short, mm, which is the mm. other thing because states and and it's and they explain what's going on in the um, mm. in the commentary, and places like the BBC have little. Um, this is how the ra-, you know, how what this race yeah. means, and it probably
0: has also. I mean, I think as a function of the races being, you know, by their nature shorter um the tactics are probably a bit more straightforward and a bit more accessible to a casual audience as well
2: yeah whereas yeah. you
0: know like a a 21 day stage race um is incredibly complex and you know it's one of the things i enjoy about that style of race but it's it's very yeah. different
1: yeah and it's i mean it's i mean i love track i love track because of my short attention span <laughs> um you know it's uh but yeah, and, and it's very explosive. I mean, some of the races are really complicated. The points race, for example, is mm. really complicated to explain. But when you see it in real life in a venue and there's the commissaire pointing at the person who's in the lead all the time, yeah, it makes it, it suddenly becomes much, much clearer. Mm. And actually, there's none of this gender divide that you get in road cycling either. You know, you see, like... If it's Anna Mears versus Vicky Pendleton, I mean Vicky Pendleton's now retired, but if you were watching and it was Anna Mears going up against Vicky Pendleton, that's the race. It doesn't matter who else is racing, which other race. That's the race that people want to see, yeah, because they're both so fucking good and they've got such interesting personalities and there's all this backstory that goes with mm, it. Mm. So yeah, no, I love. I mean, I love track. Well, and and uh, I
0: mean, I, th- I guess it's one of the other things about track is that um, part of the appeal of track too is that it eliminates a lot of the the random sort of elements that come into other styles of, of cycling yeah. races, you know, where, yeah. you know, uh, I mean, we've all seen this in, you know, in stage races where an untimely puncture, you know, like the, the Olympic road race this year, uh, a puncture cost Shelly Olds a uh, position in the, the key break. And, yeah. um, you know, stuff like that is excessively rare in uh, in a discipline-like track. So, yeah. you know, in... in a lot of ways you could argue, and, and I'm sure people do, um, that track is one of the more the, the purest forms of racing because it's it's racy race.
1: Yeah, it's very, very exactly it's very, yeah. very controlled. I mean the rules the UCI've gone bonkers in the in the rules. They're not allowed to wear overshoes anymore because that's seen as an unfair disadvantage unfair advantage and you know, they've they've got general rules about who follows what and uh, um and, and all sorts of stuff that's kind of the Kieran can be a very, very brutal race with elbows and stuff and they're like trying to really make it clean and unbrutal. And yeah, but yeah it, it's it's lovely and I mean I think like, one of the reasons I like both track and cross as well is for a spectator to see it live they're just insanely good fun mm. you know they the're design the, the velodrome and the, and the um cross courses are basically designed around spectators having a really good time and spending a lot of money on beer
2: mm.
1: yeah mm. so you know they, they, so if you see a cross and, so and cross there's
0: c- nothing wrong with that. spending a lot of money on beer is a very good and right thing
1: but no a lot of a lot of cross courses are, are set up so where you're standing you can see more than one bit of the action mm. so like right now whether if you're if right now on the cock side of course you can see that the course um goes back on itself yeah so if you're yeah. standing there you can see them coming over the hill going past you and round mm. and,
0: and, and then and you'll see them working their way back, back, back.
1: after yeah. that yeah and, yeah and especially when you have giant screens as well mm. it means you the whole. You can see the whole race, so you don't have to be on the finish line.
0: Yeah, and, and that is actually, you know, that's a really good point about road cycling. I mean, honestly, the best way to watch road cycling is via the telecast. Um, yeah. Because, you know, standing on the roadside, I mean, I remember distinctly. Uh, it's one of those things, it's like a massive trade-off, because I will carry with me for the rest of my life, standing on, you know, the side of the muir um, for the Ronde van Vlaanderen in 2010. Um, yeah. You know, waiting desperately for the race and getting updates from someone's phone on what was happening (laughs) because because you've got no fucking idea but then having like you know just through it's sheer luck i mean i love when i when i tell this story to friends i love claiming well not claiming i love telling them that i chose the spot we were standing because i did um but through sheer luck it happened to be the exact spot that pretty much like right in front of us um tom Bonan was passed by Fabian Cancellara, and that's where the race was won and lost, right there. You know, um, you, know you can't pick that, but it was a wonderful thing to have happen, and so it's a, a really exciting, great personal moment from being roadside, and that's why everyone should go to races. But from an objective viewpoint, the best way to get coverage of uh, a road race um, and to understand what is actually going on is to to watch it via broadcast, and yeah. um, you know, so so things like cyclocross and track provide a great opportunity to get that broader picture of what's happening in a race without having to, to rely on other people, um, yeah, you know, mediating your your understanding of it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Although, yeah, I mean the best the road the best road race I went to was um, Copenhagen Worlds. Mm. I mean, I no dull course, but they had. Microphones strong all around um, speakers strong all the way around the loop
2: mm-hmm.
1: and where we were standing both days on the men 's and women 's race, we could see a big screen so yep. you could watch it and oh, have it heard geez. and then and then also um, but then also yeah. cheer for it, but being able to cheer for them is really, really important, I think as well because. You get to say, you know, there they are. That's the
0: awesome thing, you know. I mean, again, um, and sorry to be all name-dropping and blah, 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 but, you know, it was like for me being at the Geelong Worlds, um, they had the big screen set up at the park at the bottom of the hill. And, of course, we were posted, you know, two-thirds of the way up the hill because that's where everything's going to happen, and it is. Yes. But it's also that great moment because everyone's strung out and people are fighting and, and Philip Gilbert goes past and you're like, yeah, Phil! And then, you know, your your favourite Australians go past and you shout their names and, you know, I saw Ted King and was like, yeah, Ted King! And, you know, it's all great stuff like that. So, you know, there's a lot of, like, visceral joy of... of yeah um being live roadside and and you know i guess that is the beauty of things like cyclocross and and track is that you get all of that joy but you don't necessarily lose all of the context that you would get
1: you know
0: that that you would miss by being roadside for a road race
1: yeah but you also get to have that moment where they kind of come out onto the track and they go ah dear for australia Anna missed and you get to go. Yay Anna and cheer for her and then you know Victoria Pendleton and the crowd goes wild and but you know or or when you cheer for a rider who's not that popular
0: uh-huh. Well, see, and that that's thats kind of where I would fall because I'm a bit of an antagonistic bastard. I don't know if you picked up on that all right <laughs> in, the, in the time that we've known each other. But, you know, I'm not really motivated by nationalistic um, concerns. So I'd be the one who... And from Australia, Anna Amirs and I'd sip my beer and then I'd quietly go, yeah, go Anna. Um And then I'd laugh because goanna sounds like a goanna, which is like a, a native lizard-type species that we have here. <laughs> and, um... <laughs> and then I'd pick someone from, you know, an underdog nation and be like, fuck yeah, I hope everyone else falls over and you win.
1: Oh, you see, you see, I don't, I mean, the thing is, is you can cheer for all of them. So I, I support Anna Mears over Vicky Pendleton um, really? because I really like Anna. Pardon?
0: Oh, I was just a little surprised by that. Really? That's okay. Yeah,
1: totally. Cool. Always, always, always Anna. Always Anna. She's yeah, such cause... an amazing personality.
0: Okay. All right, well, I'm not going to delve into that because, you know, I'm sure Vicky's a very nice person too.
1: Well, the other thing is, is that we see a lot of Vicky Pendleton interviews, yeah? Mm-hmm. And she does lots of interviews about... I'm oh, really glad I'm just...
0: you said interviews at the end
1: of that. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, her interviews are all like, oh, I'm a really girly girl. And, you know, and she's very negative about Anna mm. because I think in 2007, Anna Mia's um, used to really push her around the track and, and intimidate her. Yeah. But Anna used to bully me and it's like, well, no, it's not bullying. But then the thing that she never mentions is that Anna Mears broke her back. Yeah. Um, in, but, uh, so this is why she wasn't so good in the 2008 uh, why she didn't go so well yeah, in the 2008 yeah. Olympics. broke her back and came back from it mm, but also mm. I love her as a personality she's
0: well you know, I, she, yeah I, I mean I take all of that on board and absolutely I, know, I wouldn't ever dream of saying a word against Anna because I think she's wonderful but you know I, I guess I had a lot of um, appreciation for for Vicky because I thought she was super grace gracious um, and graceful. Um, in her uh, response to the the way that um, the medals went uh, at the Olympics, um, you know, she she was really good. So you know.
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because it's what you're exposed to, and mm. there's a lot of. If you're a British cycling fan, you see a lot of Vicky Pendleton interviews, and she's very. Um, She's one of those people who her insistence that she's a girly girl and not butch just makes her come across as, like, implying that all the other sportswomen are butch.
0: Ah, uh, right. OK. Yeah, and, I can see that.
1: And, and also, I don't know. Anyway, Vicky the side. Yeah, so, but there's, the other thing is, is that once they've ridden their race, if they've won, they do the whole Lap of Honor thing. And uh-huh. you can just go crazy and cheer for them, and it's exciting, and you can be really. I mean, it's you know, like, why I like cycling is I like supporting a lot of riders at the same time.
0: You and do, track that, I had no idea.
1: Yeah, you can imagine the gesture <laughs> I just made. And, um, <laughs> and, I think, and I think someone game. in
0: Belgium wants to roll your eyes back to you, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then track the track does that you know you can you can support a lot of them in a lot of different races and get excited about lots of different things at the same time so anyway that was a long that was a long introduction but yes yeah, so we had the glasgow track world cup the biggest probably the biggest showdown was going to be um, one of the most one of the most interesting races to watch was going to be the women's team pursuit race because it was pretty much their big t- the big teams gb versus australia And Australia had their pretty much A-team. They had Ashley Ann Amy Cure and Melissa Hoskins. Yeah, Um, Amy Cure is a former multiple junior world champion. champion. Um, And Melissa Hoskins, you might know from riding in Orica AIS on the road. Uh Um, And on the British side, it was going to be the world and Olympic champions, Danny King, Laura Trott and Joanna Roussel. Uh But Roussel got sick. So they drafted in Eleanor Barker. Um and Barker is oh, she's yeah, the junior, yeah. she's the junior i t t champion on the road mm, mm. and all three of those girls are gonna be riding in um for the dream team pro cycling next year yep. so that was interesting because in the first in the in the heats in the qualifiers they hadn't ridden they'd only like ridden together for a week or something so it was a very last minute thing and i think there was a bit of a mix up about who rode right and so the the aussies beat the brits and, and but but and the brits had this like little shake of would they get through to the final
2: mm
1: and then they did and then it was just such a spectacular race to watch really exciting awesome. and the brits won And um, the home advantage, you cannot underestimate the home advantage in track. And if it's in team pursuit, you've got the two teams riding on opposite sides of the track, yeah? Yep. And you can pretty much tell exactly where the Brits are or the Australians when it's an Aussie track, when it's in in (laughs) Melbourne, for example. If you shut your eyes just by hearing the noise.
0: Right, right, yeah. Because the
1: noise is the the team passes you because you're cheering anyway, but then you just. But it goes goes round round round
0: and round and round, yeah.
1: So you can yeah. So it's quite intimidating to ride against, and it really really brings up the riders because the riders are literally riding in this insane wall of sound. Mm, yeah. Mm. So they won and they won by oh god, you know like less than, like half a second, huh. something like that. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, so into the yeah. hundredths of a second or whatever. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so the um, the Aussies had three twenty two point oh two six, and the Brits had three twenty one point oh
0: four three. Right. Right. Yeah
1: so you know it was just if that was so that was great that was a really interesting race and then and Kudinov and trot both were riding the omnium and the omnium for people who don't know is six different events it's three bunch races and three um you know uh again three against the clock to yep. be uh to, to, to put it really simply and that was really exciting as well because trot is obviously the um olympic champion the world and olympic champion mm. and it, on the at the end of date at the end of the first day of the, of the omnium after three after three events um, and could was lead, leading yep but and they they worked out so you work out the omnium on points yeah so the better you do in say you're doing the 500 meter time trial yeah the better you do the fewer points you get so uh-huh. the first who's one gets one first gets one point person who's second gets two points etc yep all the way down and then they add it up and the person with the lowest points overall wins the whole thing yeah anyway it ended up the final the final score was laura tross on 24 points ashley Ankudinov and on 24 points and tamara balabalina of russia on 26 wow so then they had to work it out by count back and because laura had won more of the events that count laura won the whole thing
0: awesome awesome well done laura
1: yeah, but it's really exciting though because the Aussie team is full of young, the Aussie versus Brits rivalry is just really good fun. You know, they really they 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 really kind of they really push each other and they mm. really want they want to beat each other and they're all very you know they they're young and they're 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 all riding on the road as well and it's very very close. Yeah. Very
2: close. Yeah.
1: Very so, competitive. Yeah, and isn't that great? Isn't that how it's it best? It is.
0: I mean, that's what you want, especially with, you know, like we were saying before, the the fact that track is, you know, in some respects, arguably a more pure or more controlled environment to race in, then obviously you don't want a blowout. You want it to be really close and tight and, and you know, really, really exciting sort of racing.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so that was... That was the, yeah, and and it's and it's nice as well when there are these friendly rivalries too, and mm. then they'll be racing the road against each other too. Because uh, Melissa Hoskins has been focusing on the track, but she's also a fucking good crit rider and sprinter. So, mm.
2: Mm.
1: so yeah, so that's that's and that's good. It's it's nice. It's it's a good. It's a it's an interesting thing and really nice competition to see that in yeah. this world just after the Olympics that they haven't all gone home and gone to bed.
0: Wow, they're
1: yeah. still racing, and that's nice.
0: That is nice. That is nice. So, is there anything else from from the track World Cup point of view that we need to cover?
1: Yeah, um, yeah. The only other thing I wanted to talk about was Christina Vogel, who's uh-huh. a who's German. Oh, she's lovely. She's a really, really lovely cyclist. Um, friendly, you know, like the type of person who, when you say, "Oh, congratulations, Christina Vogel," on Twitter, she'll tweet you back and say thank you. <laughs>
0: That's very sweet.
1: Yeah, she's just really nice. Anyway, she won the um, she won the sprint and she won the team sp- and and the Keirin. Um, they didn't have any Aussies in those race- in those women in those women's races, but it was still pretty fucking oh, well, solid. You Vicky know, Pendleton's obviously retired.
0: Their loss, um, clearly. Pardon. Their loss. You know. Not, yeah, yeah, not exactly.
1: I mean, it's. I can see. I can see why you wouldn't, you know. Um, but, but yeah, it was really, um, it was really, really fun, exciting racing. And if I can find any links to the races, I'll pop it up on our um, website, prowomenscycling.com.
2: Thanks for
0: getting <laughs> the plug in. It's awesome.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Did you think i have done too long without mentioning it? <laughs>
0: definitely, yeah, definitely. You know, it, heaven help us. I mean, most people listen to the podcast from that website, but that's great. <laughs>
1: it's like saying prowomencycling.com.
0: you do relish it and I appreciate that I really do
1: (laughs) (laughs) you should have set us up with a more complicated name
0: yeah well I, I guess but it did seem too good to pass up so
1: yeah, I should say to everyone that um, the only reason we have a podcast and a website and all this complicated stuff is because Dan does all the technical stuff.
0: <laughs> In a really lazy half ass kind of way, so. <laughs>
1: no, no, he's, uh, he's great. it's great. It's, so if you enjoy it, it's all thanks to Dan.
0: <laughs> and if you hate it, it's all thanks to me. So, you know,
1: <laughs> send, you know your, that's send
0: that's your hate mail my way. That's fine.
1: <laughs> at prowomencyclinggmail.com. <laughs> <at> <laughs>
2: oh well done well done
1: so yeah so yeah so that's track
0: great well unfortunately though we did miss um the women's highlights of the coxsider cross um to to be able to cover them as we record that's all right because we'll be able to review them later but for for those of our listeners who want to to see those highlights who should we be looking out for and paying attention to
1: um, who want to see them?
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, when we when we review, who who were the key players and who were the
1: people that we well, should be paying Katie attention Compton. to? Katie Compton. Yep. Um, Kate, Katie Compton won by about a mile. Um, Actually, <laughs> now, can, can
0: well, I just institute a new rule? Because as I understand, her Twitter handle is Katie F N Compton. Yeah. Yeah. Which you know, I don't care what anyone else in the world. It could stand for Katie ferociously nice Compton. I I don't know. But as far as I'm concerned, that's Katie fucking Compton. So can we just say that from now on? Can we just always say Katie fucking Compton? Because well, you
1: can always say Katie fucking Compton. Yes.
0: That's all I need. Katie fucking okay. Compton.
1: Woohoo! Um, yeah, no, Katie Compton won by about a mile, apparently. Now, um, I just want to have a little plug for how you watch women's cyclocross racing, because it's not always live. Um, I don't know how much, gee, how much do you know about cyclocross, Dan?
0: Not a great deal. I mean, I know there's a lot of running involved, and as we've established previously, I'm opposed to running because running's bad for you um
2: blah 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 blah, blah, blah. blah, just blah, just blah, blah
0: yeah. but they jump just over just, things and there are ramps and bridges and stuff like that so you know <laughs> and this one's very sandy that's pretty
1: much all yeah. I know about cyclocross so there is three major series. yeah there's the um there's the world cups which is mm-hmm. what which is what crossiders on but there's also the B Post trophy which um used to be known as the GVA trophy um, mm-hmm. and there's also another series called the Super Prestige yeah yep and each of those series are their individual races, and you know you get that that you that you add up. Um, so the B Post trophy they go goes on time, and the others go on points, and you add them up, and at the end you have a series winner. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: And they are lovely, and they're very different. I mean, the probably the World Cup has the most boring courses, to be honest, and the fewest races, and is more international. Yeah. But um. Th- what happens is, if, if, so if you're a woman cycling fan and want to watch any of this stuff, yep. the Super Prestige does the best coverage. Um, this year, they're doing um, uh, about 20 minutes of each race, 20, 25 minutes of each race, which is amazing. That's um, pretty good,
0: yeah. I mean, because really the, the normal race is about an hour, yeah?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, normally the men race for an hour and the women race for about 35, 45 minutes. Uh-huh. So with Cyclocross, what they do is you ride the first lap, you know, you know it's going to be about an hour or about 40 minutes, yeah? And once they've ridden the first lap, the the says will then decide how many laps they ride. Yep, yep. Because it takes a different amount of time to ride the laps depending on the weather. Right, you know yeah, because I mean? it's, it's very so environmentally muddy. driven,
2: yep.
1: Yeah, exactly. So if it's muddy mm. it's, or, or there's a lot more running, then obviously it takes a lot less time than if they're just, if they're just motoring around on a dry, sunny day. Um, cross fans really hate dry, sunny days, um, unless it's frozen, unless it's a dry sunny day that's on ice, yeah. Yep. So anyway, so yeah, so it's great. Um, so uh, Super Prestige is on the Dutch channel via.be who open their streams up completely publicly, so you can watch it, and it's yep. a nice stream. And they have videos afterwards, and they have about twenty-five about twenty twenty-five minute videos of each race. And I will put a link a, link to those on the site because they're great. Cool. But the other two series are shown on Sportsa, and Sportsa don't really show... I mean, and it's a bit random. Like, so with this one, you'd think that... Because Cider is such an amazing race, and, you know, and um, you'd think that they'd have, like, a that they'd want to show highlights of that too, but uh, are they... you
0: Are you being logical again?
1: Shit, I am, aren't I? Fuck it.
0: <laughs> I think I see where you went
2: wrong. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but you know, you know what I mean. It's like if you like watching people ride over completely lunatic sand dunes, it doesn't mm. really matter if they're men or women. It's still like completely lunatic racing. So exactly. you know, show it all. exactly. Um, so yeah, so we get much more. So we don't get to see that many highlights of like the World Cups and the uh, you know, the 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 uh, the the B post trophy. Mm. So yeah, it's a bit, it's, so how I watch how I follow women's how I watch the women follow the women's race is you find out who's actually at the races. And my favourite photographer my favourite cyclocross photographer Balint Hambus. Yep. He's there as um he's on Twitter as Cycle Photos. Um Ballant tweets will tweet tweet live updates. Yep. And um Andre McGank from Sportser will tweet will tweet tweet the results. So you can kind of know what's happened. And what happened in this one was Katie Compton just motored off and motored away and won by about a mile. Katie fucking Compton Woo! Yeah, she- She's an American rider. She only comes over to Europe to target specific races. Yep. So you won't see her at things like the epic and amazing Coppenberg cross you'll, or Zonhoven. You'll see her at just the World Cups.
0: Really? Okay. That's interesting.
1: Mm. Mm.
0: Still, mm. best possible Twitter name ever Katie fucking Compton. Woo! Big fan. Um,
1: Nikki Harris came second. Nikki's a British rider who's um, really nipping at the heels of Helen Wyman to be the best British woman rider out there at the moment. Um, Katie, uh, Nikki is um, Nikki just uh, won the phenomenally, phenomenally muddy Asperger there race last, last week. I mean, the photos are just hilarious of them. They're just covered in mud from, I'll I'll, I'll post some links to them because they're hilarious. Um, yeah. Uh, so, so Nikki, Nikki came second. And Sarah Kant, who's a Belgian star, came third. And what's interesting about uh, about about the, about Cyclocross is while it's completely dominated by the Belgians on the men's side,
2: mm.
1: it's not at all on the women's.
0: Interesting. That is actually that's really interesting. And and maybe you can help me out here because I don't really know for sure where the origins of cyclocross you know are. I mean, I I thought today that they were probably invented in like eighteen twenty seven by a bunch of drunk and lazy Belgian race planners who, you know, the weather was shitty outside, and so like fuck it, we'll stay in the pub, and we'll just draw a course, and and they can ride around that for like a one day race and it turned out to be this really horrendously shitty course over sand dunes and stuff. Is that <laughs> is that true or
1: I I don't know. I don't know. Let me look it up on Wikipedia. Oh, well, because
0: they know everything. All I know is that my story's better. That's all I can tell. Yeah.
1: I mean, I don't know. I mean, cross is because cross is halfway between um mountain biking and um and and and, and road racing. But yeah. Mm. Um so uh, this is what wiki says that european road racers in the early 1900s would race each other to the next town over from them and that they were allowed to take shortcuts through farmers fields over fences or anything they could find and it was called the steeplechase oh. and it was a way for them to stay in shape during winter months okay and it was a harder thing that's what that, that's what wiki says is a possible is a is, is a is a possible um thing. origin okay yeah and then in yeah. 1910 Le Pise attributed his Tour de France win to his off-season training in cyclocross, right. and it spread around from France to Belgium and those kind of countries. Right. And and it's um, so. So yeah. basically,
0: if you live in a part of the world with really shitty weather in winter, then cyclocross is for you.
1: Yeah, and and this is maybe why it hasn't taken off in Australia. I guess one of the reasons why it hasn't taken off in Australia is your winter is the opposite to ours, isn't it? That is actually
0: my theory. Like, our winter, you know, by our standards, it gets cold, you know, by which I mean, you know, it's like 8 degrees centigrade during the day, Um, which isn't warm, but, you know, that's our version of cold. Um, You know, a really cold night, it might get down to zero or minus one. Um, You know, and if you've lived anywhere remotely, actually cold um that's laughable and so yeah. yeah we don't really have that sort of extreme of weather um so yeah i, I do actually think that's probably a, a big part of it for us although interestingly um you know if if anything i think we could be possibly at some point in the future the pioneers of like a summer version of cross um yeah you know really beach-based You know, you could could do some really amazing stuff in Australia, you know, sort of over rolling sand dunes and through mangrovey sort of areas and stuff like that, which would be comparable, but it would be summer-based. Yeah, Yeah,
1: and and through crocodiles.
0: Well, yeah, we could do that. I mean, we don't have to, but always an added bonus. And,
1: And your magpies, your magpies are pretty fucking ferocious.
0: Let's be honest. Um, you know, cross isn't hard enough. It needs more snakes, spiders, goannas, and uh, and and deadly crocodiles. Definitely.
1: I like the fact you said that, as they were just riding up some completely horrific hill. That. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Unfortunately, this is a podcast, not a vodcast, so you know no one else is going to appreciate that. But that's all
1: right. No, I, I, I think the other thing is is that you know you don't need it for winter training because in your winter it's the cycling season.
0: <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
1: Exactly. So, so yeah. So, so there's, there's cross. Um, yeah, it's, and it's it's very interesting that it's not big amongst Belgian women, but or rather, I mean, Helen Wyman said in an interview I did with her ages ago that she thinks that, that the Belgians are more attentive to the international riders who come over and do it, right? Amongst the than they are, they don't really, um, you know, they don't really support the women as much the the, the, the Belgian women the Belgian women as much. So interesting. Interesting, um, but so I mean, it's been an, and it's been a weird season actually because um, Helen Helen Wyman who's the British who's the British star and the current European champion, Helen went over to America uh, as 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 the, as the Katie Compton to ride on the uh, world the the Charm City the Derby City Derby City Cup, um, mm-hmm. which is held on the world's course because the world's is taking place in the USA. Oh. And USA cyclocross is a completely different thing, by the way, to British cyclocross. Like, I don't get it. There's a different culture. You have all the kind of handing riders beers and dollars and and, and, and heckling them, which, from what I can tell from Twitter, seems to be shouting homophobic abuse at the men. <laughs> and, and saying, oh, you ride like a girl and stuff, which is completely fucking bizarre, given that, you know, on the world circuit, the American women far outshine the American men. <laughs> uh-huh. But yeah, in in Europe, it's not like that. It's a serious sport in Europe. It's a serious sport where you drink a lot of beer and cheer a lot and are insane. But none of this beer up thing, that's a...
0: Well, there should be more of that, clearly. No!
1: It's a serious sport, Dan.
0: Yes, and I'm very serious about beer.
1: I would have thought you wouldn't want to drop it.
0: Uh, Like I've demonstrated already in this podcast, I wouldn't.
1: <laughs> but anyway from tomorrow mariana Voss starts again really yeah oh wow yeah
0: that's amazing
1: yeah mariana Voss, mariana Voss is the absolute undisputed queen of cyclocross i mean she is just um katie compton has never uh, mariana's on her oh, god how many times has she won the world she's on her sixth World champions jersey or something like that. She, I've forgotten. She's just starts. She loves. She, and she loves it. I think she said it's her favourite cycling discipline. Really? So, although she's world okay. champion road yeah. track and cycling and road track and cyclocross, she loves cross best.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, if that's what she loves, that's what she loves.
1: And Mariana Voss knows more about cycling than you do.
0: I can't argue with that.
2: <laughs> I just can't. So yes, yeah, so Mariana
1: yeah. back. Mariana is back tomorrow. So um, it's going to be interesting to see that, you know, and she said she's going to the world, and Mariana generally doesn't go and race in the USA. So that'll be very interesting because it's on Katie Compton's home turf. So is this the year? Is this the season where Compton beats Voss for, you know, she's beaten her in a lot of races, but is this the year where she beats her in the race that counts?
0: Ooh, interesting.
1: Ooh, yes, and actually, yeah, oh, and, and cyclocross, um, it leads me nicely, to segue nicely in the other thing I want to talk about, mm-hmm. because Mariana has been, as has Georgia Gould, who's an American road, cyc- uh, mountain bike, and cyclocross rider, Mariana's been at the UCI Athletes Commission. Ah, right, okay, that's awesome. Have you read about the Athletes Commission?
0: Uh, only that it was upcoming, so please, fill yeah. me in.
1: It's very, very, it's very, very interesting. It's, um, it's funny because they, uh, the UCI, bought, put out a film about it, a little film, an interview with Georgia, where they ended up asking her questions about what did you think about insurance. <laughs> <laughs> The UCI—that's a very important thing, isn't it? And so she's she's dutifully in the video talking about insurance, um, which is nice. But she has an interview on. Uh, uh, she has an interview um, out about um, about actually uh, all the other things they spoke about. So it was athletes basically having a massive, massive rant about um, about doping yep. and about how not taking a pair of doping fucks up the sport and um and the and the and you know about wanting more prize money and you had all these men as well so sven nace who's the king of men's cyclocross so sven nace was saying yeah they can't do enough to develop women's cyclocross they're shit the uci are Mm. but yeah um and so the athletes commission has endorsed a uh a uci rule um what they want is the UCI rule mandating that prizes for women's events should be, um, the same as men's events, yep. which is interesting. And, um, they've also talked about, they want the, they've asked the athletes commission asked the UCI world Tour to, to teams to invest in women's squat, squat and men's of men races. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's really, there's a really interesting interview with Georgia Gould on cycling news, which we'll link to, um, about what they talked about. So yeah. Um, of course, there's the athletes' commission has 15 riders race, you know, representing all the different disciplines, including paracycling. cycling. But they've got no power.
0: <laughs> they have no power. <laughs> uh, so basically, they're like me.
1: Yeah, they're like you, and that you come up with really good ideas, and uh, yeah, and then we just have to see if the UCI listen to them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we know they don't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, um, yeah, uh, that was that. So we'll have to see what happens.
0: Awesome, awesome. Well, I mean, you know, for the off season, we're maintaining a rather full and and busy uh, everything, really, aren't we? What have we got to <laughs> What have we got to look ahead to?
1: Um, oh bloody hell, that's a difficult thing, Dan.
0: Oh, oh. well, then you know, forget.
1: <laughs> now, looking ahead, we've got the cross season. Uh, the cross season continues and it gets completely crazy around uh, Christmas and New Year because cyclocross, you know, like how I said that um, the track riders don't race very many races. Yep. Cyclocross riders tend to ride two a weekend, every <laughs> weekend. And then over Christmas, they just ride loads more as well.
2: Yeah, yeah of course
1: and they ride on Boxing Day and New Year's Day and you know Christmas Eve and all sorts of things like that so they basically uh, (laughs) well
0: uh, given a choice between sitting around a table with all your family members
1: (laughs) (laughs) I take very good points sir Uh, so yeah so they basically they're basically riding um you know so so today they're in cogsider um tomorrow they're in gieten in in the netherlands which is like a really long way away okay sorry a relatively speaking long way away
2: yeah
1: (laughs) a contextually long way away and yeah they just they just race 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 and obviously as the winter sets in the weather gets worse cool so hope, So what you have to do is cross your fingers for snow and belt. I mean, I'm
0: doing that right, aren't I? Like, in terms of cross, the weather gets worse is a good thing, yeah?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you? I mean, yeah. Um, I think I've mentioned this before, but there's kind of two types of courses in um, in, in cyclocross. There's courses like Coccider that are awesome anyway, whatever the weather. Mm. And then there are courses that are really boring unless they're covered in snow and ice. But, you know, watching people ride, ride through insane mud is a really really fun thing to do um you know and watching people riding through snow and ice I and mean, i have i talk a lot about, i joke a lot about watching them all crash but oh my god i admire them so much as athletes it's such a difficult brutal it's fucking brutal it's yeah. like it's it's just it's just it's like riding roubaix roubaix every weekend <laughs> mm,
0: mm. in in the worst possible conditions
1: Exactly. I mean, you know, none of this, none of this riding, you know, you know, when they ride the Giro or the Tour and there's a couple of days where it's really shitting down with rain and everyone's like, oh, my God, poor things. <laughs> you know, it's, that's, that's like and, and actually most of the riders like that. And there's all these questions about technicalities because you have you can change your bike in the middle of the race and cyclocross at the pits on each lap. Mm. So, they generally, this, there's your mechanics are, are power hosing the fuck out of your spare bikes while you're, you know. Oh, so so uh, right. So, it.
0: every every few laps, you can swap it for a clean bike sort of thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Or every lap, if you want. Or you could swap it for different, you know, put, you know, one with different tyres on it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, it's got different tyres or different tyre pressures. Um, so, yeah, it's really, it's a really, there are so many choices. You know, like how you say that track. It's almost the purest thing mm. because um, you know nothing. It's nothing can nothing can hurt you. Um, you know the there are, there are variables that are taken out. Yep. Cross is at completely at the, the other end of the scale.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh. if, you, if you puncture just after the pit, you've got to run with your bike to the next pit.
2: Oh. Cool. And the
1: courses can be completely, different.
2: Yeah, I mean, completely
1: yeah. different. Even from the women's race to the men's race. Because if the weather changes, it's yeah it's... of
0: course, of course, and I guess the other thing with these sorts of um natural based courses as well um obviously you get bikes you know going over it, so the mud gets a bit sloppier and more chopped up and yeah,
1: all yeah, that, you yeah. Know,
0: those sorts of things as well, so yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, so in in the world um in the Sankt-Vendel worlds um uh, the the year before the year before um, last year even um when the women went out in the morning Mm. it was ice so they were going so say and and if you've been practicing on it say you've got a rutted up course with ruts with ruts if those ice up that's really fucking difficult to ride over because you're Mm. pretty much then doomed to ride through someone else's you know the, the ruts that someone else has left yeah yeah but by the time the men raced it the sun had come up and the and the women had ridden over the course and it was a completely different thing because it was sloppy wet mud which was as difficult in its own way yeah But yeah. yeah so if you know so it can be different when you do your practice so say you were doing your practice rides the day before uh-huh yeah everything's so changed the whole
0: thing could be completely different yeah
1: yeah amazing and that's so yeah so that's so it's kind of like so i guess we've talked about these two really different kinds of races
0: well and then on that note then I guess we should probably wrap things up so that we can uh well I can watch the the rest of my first ever actual cross race. Yes. Thank you very much for uh for catching us up on everything Sarah and thank you very much dear listener for tuning in. We'll talk to you again <laughs> soon about more cross spectacularness spectacularity spectacular something and um and other stuff.
1: Yeah and hopefully our first interviews over the winter. Woohoo.
0: Uh, We'll be breaking some news on, on people that we can talk to soon.
1: Excellent. Thanks. Thank you for listening. Bye.